All right, are we ready? We are ready. Let's do it. kind of wonder why we still do these introductions. It's not like our lineup changes regularly. But when it does... Yes, there is that. Um, ben, from that little intro, you sound like you're still tired. Well, that's, it's, we're doing a con. We're doing one on a con. <laughs> that's the feeling I end up with after con at the end of, you know, after vending a con. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm so tired. <laughs> I, that is, that, that is the, one of the things that vendors will frequently say. Day three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Day three. Gonna make it. Yeah, Meanwhile, you've got yeah. Meanwhile, you've got all these all these cosplayers going on. Look at my third, yeah, Look at my thirty fifth costume that I put on. Yay! So we're gonna be talking about conventions. If you couldn't tell, um, we're gonna kind of subvert a little bit of the normal uh, format a little bit, just because there isn't all that much geek news to cover. And there, there will be no spoilers. Um, yes, well, I mean, there'll be a spoiler of the week, but we don't you know have to spoil. Yes. Yeah. Um. The little bit of geek news that we have, um, the current internet rumor mill is that Robert Pattinson is most likely going to be the new Batman, and I am perfectly okay with this. Like, yeah, everyone's all like, oh my god, Sparkle Vampire is Batman, what the fuck? And seriously, people. Let's, let's put it in perspective. He's been in more than that kind, he's been in more than Twilight. Let's, let's Look up it, his other filmography. Let's put it in perspective a little bit. Imagine, and of course this is, you know, this is pre-internet days, right? So uh, a lot of it was just not having an avenue to be publicly outraged or surprised or shocked or whatever. But right. imagine how a lot of people would react to, okay, so Michael Keaton's going to be Batman. Oh, God. <laughs> a lot of people would be like, are you kidding me? This is, a, is this a practical joke? Uh, and, now and then you he can't, killed it and was a yeah, great Batman. Yeah, now you can't, you cannot. You can't imagine anyone else being exactly. in that movie. One yeah. of, yeah. One of the things. separate him from the role. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that a lot of people said was like, man, you know what I would really, actually really like to see? Robert Pattinson as Terry McGinnis in Batman from the Future with Michael Keaton playing old Bruce Wayne. Ooh, that would be cool. <laughs> mm, that but, would be cool. Yeah. Yes, I call it Batman from the Future because I like to be British. So, well, I mean, yeah. Newsflash Internet is outraged. But one thing I'm noticing is that there is a lot stronger balance to this uh, because for every, you know, oh, you know, Edward Cullen is, is Batman. Um, you get a lot of people who are doing exactly the same things we're doing, going, look, dudes, chill the fuck out. Yeah. You know, you, you said... I didn't like Twilight either, but Ro but Robert Pattinson was was not the reason that Edward Cullen was a dull character. Yeah. It's right. because it's a bad... It was a... It was very... It was written... It was, it was, yeah. <laughs> fan fiction that became like, a book that became a movie. Like, I don't, I don't even, know, I don't even actually shit. bear... That was, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that was Fifty Shades. But Fifty Shades was based on this. Right. That's why I was mixing it up. Exactly. Okay, and gotcha. and also to be fair, Cynthia or Cynthia Meyer, Stephanie Meyer, Stephanie Meyer yes. is actually not all that bad a writer. Just the Twilight books were her first books. Um, like I've read some of her other books, they're not bad. Yeah, they're not well, great. They're not like I wouldn't nominate any of them for a, for a well, Hugo Award, but. Very much. <laughs> Twilight was designed as a Mormon vampire romance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 
Go figure. Um, weird. But it was, it's, yeah, yeah, Internet is Outraged, Robert Pattinson, Batman. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little more balanced now because we already just recently... Uh, although I know in internet time it's like Bat twenty, Flash. it's like twenty years ago. But yeah, right. we had the Batfleck controversy, uh, and then you know it came out and it was like, oh, he's actually good. My yeah. my <laughs> whole makes a good Batman. Actually, did a good Batman. My, yeah. And, and someone on the internet on one of the Facebook groups that I am a part of um, said said the following, and, and I agree with it. Um, it doesn't anyone anyone can play can play Batman. You can put you you could put you know. You could put a blow-up doll in that in that in that getup, and it would be a pretty convincing Batman. Um, what really matters is whether or not he can play Bruce Wayne. Right. And I think he probably can, actually. Yeah. Um, so, especially since, like I said, if you've seen his other work, yeah, he's a pretty good actor. <laughs> yeah, I you know I am I'm pretty I am pretty. Uh... Like well, neutral okay. about it, I'm just like, eh, whatever's whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. If they, I mean, We're if they pick the someone, American Psycho as Batman, what? <laughs> they just, well, you know. See, my my we'll thing on this is that you can put a, a, a you know big monster guy in a suit and he can play Superman. Yeah, but it took Christopher Reeve to play Clark to Kent. play Kal El. Yeah, being yeah. Clark Kent. Yeah. And it's going to take. That's kind of like the inception of performances, because you're you're a person who's this other person now who's pretending to be another person on top of that. Exactly. That takes good acting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, and Pattinson's got that kind of range. Yes, he does. And and I think we're going to see if you him. ignore the bad writing and directing of Twilight. But I mean, first of all, he was Cedric Diggory, and he was pretty good at Cedric. Yeah, he was good. He was a ton of yeah. other things. I mean, and he's been he's, a lot of indie films of late that. And generally have good have like acclaim to them if you care about the acclaim that indie films gets. <laughs> right, which is which is a good I think indie films are, are really important to actors because it lets them stretch into roles that they're they're not having to be commercially yeah. you know, fitting right. that commercial mold. So I think it's I, that's that's encouraging to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing balance to the force in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Hayden Christensen did do one thing good uh, <laughs> with with his roles because he's done a lot of other good stuff. I wasn't thrilled with him in Jumper, but um, but he did. Yeah, I didn't realize that was him in Jumper. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, you know, that's actually one of the highest pieces of praise you can give to a, to a. Uh, I didn't know that was him. Yeah, <laughs> to, to an, yeah. To an like, actor when you don't like, realize that it's that that it's that specific I, yeah, actor. It's like, that's Gary Oldman? Yeah, that's every old Gary Oldman. Yes, every <laughs> role that Gary yeah. Oldman's ever that been in. Wait a second, that was Gary Oldman? That was Gary, yeah. Fuck. That's how I felt when somebody told me that uh, he was the bad guy in the film, and I'm like, what? what? I, yeah. I, it I just know, took me a second right? to picture it in my mind. I'm like, holy crap, you're right. Yeah, that is Gary Oldman. God damn. Uh, I mean, also, but, it's not Batman. It's going to be The, the Batman. Batman. He is the Batman. But I'm is. sorry, but I think that the whole the Batman thing is so pretentious. Well, I just hope that at some point <laughs> some villain gets to refer to him as the goddamn Batman. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I'm sorry. It, it's a, it's a callback. It's a meme. I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> he, Batman says that in All Star Batman and Robin, which is more often referred to as Asbar, um, <laughs> because it's it was. Um, <laughs> Let, let's just say that it's it's a little it's a little far out there. <laughs> what a comic book does something weird? Go figure. Yeah. In News Eleven, there is outrage. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> he has been in. I'm looking at his. I am at uh, Patton's IMDb page. 
he has been in a shit ton of movies since 2011. Oh, so I <laughs> like yeah. two to three movies a year. Well, when you look back, Christopher Reeve was a relative unknown when he mm-hmm. set the bar for Superman. Um, and Michael Keaton, you know, I mean, he was a comedian. Yeah, hadn't he already been Beetlejuice at that point? Uh, I don't know if he was Beetlejuice or not. The one, the movie that for me um, said it, basically told me, yeah, this guy could be Batman. Um, oh, God. It was uh, it was one, because it was him and Christopher Reeve. Not Christopher Reeve. Oh. Morning! He had, uh, in fact, been Beetlejuice for an entire year before he was Batman. Yeah, that's what I thought. But there was another one um, where he was uh, one of a group of mental patients. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, there, there's a line which someone said, Who the hell are you? And he says, I'm an escaped mental patient with a history of violence. <laughs> <laughs> and the minute they said, you know, he was Batman, I'm going, Oh my God, yes, he is Batman. That strikes me as more Joker than Batman, but still. But still, I mean, <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be a pretty damn good Joker, too. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's only, also only because just Michael Keaton's a really good actor. He was a great vulture. Yeah, he I was mean, fantastic he, as the vulture. Yeah, he's been a hero and a villain. I mean, he dude. killed it as the vulture. Well, honestly, I think his vulture was my favorite thing about Homecoming, and I had a lot to like about Homecoming. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that was the vaporizer? I thought this was the... the <laughs> Just that conversation. Shit, this is the, the vaporizing raid? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, he, he does... He does that that level of menace yeah. that you, you expect from... So... I think Pattinson can do that. You know, I, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. I don't want to use all yeah. the time on this. Um, in sadder news, um, Tartar Sauce is dead. A.K.A. A.K.A. Grumpy Cat. Everyone, yeah. Everyone, <laughs> said the chorus. <laughs> it was kind of, a, like, it was, it must have been a slow news day yesterday. With, I mean, no offense to Grumpy Cat, but Grumpy Cat made NPR. Yesterday. Well, I mean, when a meme makes the news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fairly. Slow it was pretty. It must have been a kind of slow day because the most and a dated meme. I mean. Well, I mean. An internet time. Yeah. But still, it was like, it was like, and in uh, in sad news, this cat died, and oh yeah, there's also economic economic turmoil in the Middle East. Right. Uh, news at eleven. Tensions uh, with Iran are ratcheting up, and oh yeah, grumpy cat died. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we're gonna trade tra- tra- war with China. Like the 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 three things hey, that get said every minute. <laughs> right, which one do we see memes about? Yeah. The cat. <laughs> we are Egypt. Uh, <laughs> we are yeah. ancient Egypt. We are um, riding on walls. There Anyways. was uh, there's a bunch of um, there is uh, of course that immediately resulted in memes such as I'm in heaven now. I, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> And other things along those lines, but rest in peace. Cats dying is sad. Yeah, I've had to live through the death of three of uh, three cats. Yeah, that were <coughs> rather important to me. And now everything gets mellow and sad. <laughs> so so uh, all right. Spoiler of the week. Um, at the next at the next convention you are at, there will almost definitely be a Deadpool, a Harley Quinn, 
and probably D.Va from Overwatch, because they're kind of ubiquitous these Because days. that's the law. That's the law. <laughs> and one Jedi and one Princess Leia uh, slave costume. I did not see any Slave Leia's at Vision Con. I don't think you're seeing that as much anymore. True. Um, speaking of, Ben and I just did Vision Con. Um, Segway. Uh, so, Vision Con is Springfield's premier uh, con. Um, Sci-fi and conness, yes. They, they don't really have, like, I don't, they're, they're not too very specifically focused in any one genre. I guess technically, yes, they're a sci-fi and gaming convention. Sci-fi, fantasy, gaming, because most of the guests tend to be from sci-fi shows. Mm-hmm. Such uh, as uh, Jewel State. Jewel State, who's here last year. Um, and, you know, the, uh, the, um, the ubiquitous, uh, the guy who played Marcus in Babylon 5. Oh, crap. I can't think of his name. But Jason something... Um, he's been to VisionCon? Oh, God. on Several times. See, that's one, like... He's never been to one that I've been at, which makes me sad, because Marcus is my favorite guy from Babylon 5. Right. Well, actually, no, that's not true. But you can't get Andreas... Um, um, Katsoulis. Katsoulis, because he's dead. Right. Which makes me very sad. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. I also didn't realize he was the one-armed man in The Fugitive. I did. It's like, yeah. holy crap, Jakar was also the one-armed man in The Fugitive. What? <laughs> uh, but also, um, Richard Hatch did a vision con. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also get, you know, you get author guests. Um, mm-hmm. Now, a few years ago... Um, you were an author guest, like, four years ago. No, I've never sort been of. an author guest. Never been an author guest. I'm not that big yet. I'm working on it, but... Um, you were in the program. Mm, four years ago. Sh- yeah, I was there with Shane Moore. Ah, so uh, Shane Moore was was the guest, right? That was part of his retinue, um, and uh, but then also um, I helped them get because I was friends with her uh, on on uh, AC Crispin and Crispin, uh, who wrote uh, Spock's World and various other spinoffs and things like that. Um, they've gotten um, Patricia Briggs of the Mercy, of Mercy Thompson uh, in Alpha and Omega fame. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of authors, a lot of sci-fi people, um, right? And uh, Ben and I work it every year. We sell stuff. I sell books and um, we sell certificates. And uh, maybe something else next year, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Other than just his books, I've, I've got some ideas floating around. I'm I'm looking at how to pursue them a little bit because <clears throat> jewelry doesn't exactly make itself, right? Um, because yes, one I have yet another hobby that I'm going to pursue lightly and then probably give up on. Um, <laughs> but I do that a lot. <laughs> it's all in pursuit of finding your passion. You know, sometimes you have to, to dabble to see what sticks. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you're throwing spaghetti at the wall, as it were. So yeah, we usually spend a lot of the con behind the table. Yep. And our- and hearing him and hearing Ben or me say, "So do you like Supernatural?" Or The or, Walking Dead. Or, do you like... So, my first year I did that, it was like, do you, if you like Twilight, you'll like The Demon's Apprentice. If you hate Twilight, you'll you like love The, Demon, the Demon's Apprentice. <laughs> 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 Going back to Robert Pattinson for a second. Right, well, no, that was my first year. Call that a callback, kids. Yep. yep. Um, 
Yeah, I wouldn't explain what urban fantasy is to people who are dressed up as urban fantasy characters. Yeah, it's like, hey, (laughs) hey, you're dressed like Harry Dresden. Do you know what urban fantasy is? (laughs) Right. What's really weird is when they say no, and you're like, you're dressed as Harry King Dresden. Right. Well, I like these books. That's urban fantasy. Come over here. (laughs) Have you read Harry Potter? Well, yeah. Okay, you've read urban fantasy. Uh, Harry Potter is only mildly urban fantasy. It's it's much more just kind of straight fantasy. It's fantasy in the modern world. Yeah. Urban fantasy. Uh, Kind of. I think the distinction there is that most of it doesn't really have any connection to the modern world. It just happens to be there. It just happens to be occurring in the modern world as opposed to urban fantasy typically, like, most of most of Harry Potter doesn't take place in cities, and that's my big thing. Urban fantasy usually takes place within right. a cityscape. Well, yeah, or modern paranormal, or modern fantasy, what have you? Yeah, as opposed to in the kingdom, you know, in, in the kingdom of of darkness, yes. you know, a mighty feud warrior lifted his sword. Yeah, that kind of thing. Right. So it, it's 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 a it's a fine line, but right. it's, it is technically a line that I'm willing to die on. So. So I was just looking into VisionCon info a little bit, and apparently it's been going on for more than 20 years. Yes. Yeah. Since 1990. It or, yes. is a very long-lived con. Um, yeah. It is... Um, it's back in Springfield after five years away. Four or five years hiatus, yeah. Um, where they were in Branson for a while because uh, business decisions that some people disagreed with. Um, and now they're back in... Springfield because Branson tried to screw them over. Right. Um, fun, fun, fun little story. So Branson, uh, for those of you who do not know, is a tourist town. Um, Read tourist trap. I like Branson. I like a lot about Branson. Oh yeah. But it is a tour. It is a city where like eighty percent of its revenue is from tourism. Yeah. So they have an on season and they have an off season. <coughs> Um, pretty much anything that happens from like Labor Day up through Memorial Day, more, yeah, some well, a little bit longer than that, yeah, but up through like Halloween, yeah. Um, Vision Con would take place in February, decidedly in the off season, and yet the City Council of Branson decided that because. VisionCon brought in so many people that they could they could justify charging on-season prices for space. Mm, I see. Which no, I, I don't think you guys understand. Like, so yada yada yada. They're back. In yeah, they're back in Springfield. <laughs> but it's like I don't think you understand. Yeah. We can move back to Springfield. We are bringing business to Branson during the off-season. Y'all should be happy. Right? <laughs> right. Biting the hand that feeds. Yes. Right. So now they're doing Branson Con, which I think has a lot of strong ties to Vision Con. Because uh, the con circuit... This is the thing about the con circuit. It's not actually all that competitive. Well, it's not so much... Everybody knows everybody else. Yeah, everybody knows everybody else. It is, there, there's some competition, um, if you let it get there. But it's very insular. Yeah. Um, if you're in good with a specific con... The con runners talk. Con runners know each other. Yep. Um, we did. You and I did. Um, did um, anime Arkansas Anime Festival. Yeah. Which is run by Brooke Shock. 
um, and um, you know, in getting in good with Brooke, that's always put us that's always put us in good with VisionCon, um, which is why VisionCon's you know uh, people always treat us so nice. Yeah, you know, we're, also helps that Beth Ann's just super nice. Yeah, that <laughs> runs the runs the merchant tables at Vision Time. Works very hard at it. Very underappreciated. Um, yes. Does a good job. Thank you. <laughs> and um, you know, it's it's hard putting a con, uh, con together. I've been part of the planning yeah. the year before. Uh, it's, when it's the games. It is madness. Um, oh yeah. In an episode that unfortunately got lost to data corruption once upon a year. Um, I interviewed um, Scott. I can't think of his last name. Scott Newton. Uh, yeah, the guy who runs Game. Mm-hmm. The guy who runs Springfield Game. I did like an hour-long interview with him, and I don't know where that file went. Mm. I'm very unhappy about this because it was a very engaging and very eye-opening interview. The amount of work that goes into into a con even as relatively small as game, mm-hmm. um, is just staggering. And I mean no offense to game being, but relatively you are a small con. You fit, fit one room in the convention center at Springfield, whereas Vision Con fills five. Right. So, But game, game is also <coughs> very, very specific. Yeah, it's also a more, a more niche audience. Right. So it's, and, it's, uh, and it's also in its first five years. Yeah. Vision Con... Has been um, running for twenty years. Right. Yeah. It is uh, a it's a goddamn institution. And game gets bigger and bigger every year. Yeah. Um, I think so, they were actually in two in uh, in two rooms last year. Yeah. I just was I didn't get to go. Yeah. And game this year is starting to get some because they got what's her name Satine, Satine Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> to show up as a guest. Oh god, yeah. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of fanboys are going to show up just you know to ogle her. I mean, I wouldn't be doing no. I mean, right. Of course not. <laughs> you have to be a boy for that. You're an elder. You're an elder geek statesman, remember? Elder geek, yeah. I'm a side. I'm a side. <clears throat> my op- so the obligatory Ben is old joke has now been scratched off the list. <laughs> Check. Work. Um, and I've done back in my day. Um, but. But yeah, I mean. Cons are a lot of work. And when I, when I was doing the uh, the game part of, of Vision Con one year, holy crap, was I busy. Yeah, it just takes a lot of work, and you're you're pretty much never fully done. Yeah. Uh, like Vision Con, uh, like so. Going back to to game um, discussion, Springfield mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Um, I one of the questions I remember asking him, and one of the qu- answers I remember was, "So when do you start planning this?" About a week after game last year, uh, like, like um, because game is slightly smaller, mm-hmm. he says, "I give my I give my staff a week off after the end of the convention before we start working on the next year's convention." <laughs> Vision Con was the same way. Um, there's like a week, or actually, Vision Con go. Because Vision Con is so much bigger, mm-hmm. it's actually a corporation, mm-hmm. um, or a nonprofit. I think. Yeah. Um, they have more people doing more things. They can specialize more. You don't see a lot now. Um, Beth Ann in the merchanting, she is planning a 
as Vision Con is wrapping up. Yeah. Um, we bought our table for Vision Con 2020 at the end of Vision Con 2019. And she had already sold tables starting from the beginning of Con. Yeah. Um, I think that's what we have to do next year. Just like, this come up next year, like, okay, so we're here for our badges and next year's table. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't do that at the beginning of Con, because at the beginning of Con's, there was a lot goes on at con before set, you know before you even walk in the door, mm-hmm. and you want to talk about controlled chaos. So this year is a good example. Putting out fires. Yeah. Well, this year is a good example. I I pull up, and there's one guy out there. Basically, looks like those guys at the airport, only without the flashlights. Um, <laughs> one dude running around you trying there, to direct, you yeah, there you arms, you you stop you know, go spoiling you know <laughs> traffic yeah. super cop yeah traffic super cop uh. around comes up to me and is like uh, you know you're here for con good looks around and just goes they're leaving and I'm going I have no idea how he knows this they're leaving here in just a few seconds uh, why don't you take their spot you know do you, how much you have to move in okay good you're good you're golden just park there. Um, <laughs> You know, and that was skills. That's how man's got skills. (laughs) So mad skills. I'm in. I mean, I had all my stuff there, and then you get into when you get into the merchant area. You want to talk about? You have, you know, you have fifty or sixty people setting up fifty or sixty tiny spots, all at the same time. At the same time, all needing more than that six by eight or ten by ten space that they that they actually have. At least during the setup. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like we needed it. We we took up we took up the booth and the booth next to us while we were setting up. Well we took up the booth and the and half of the row yeah. that people were gonna walk on. Um and yeah, we regularly just kind of walked through the booth next to us yeah. to get into ours. Like, I had to get to get yeah, into and they were fine with it because that's another thing. Interestingly enough, even though you are competing for dollars at at con um, when you're a merchant, if there is still there is a massive camaraderie even there because yeah. I yes all everyone there is hope everyone is there hoping to make money right but at the same time um, there also you don't usually vend at a con unless you really have your heart in it too yeah and well, also there's the whole concept of. Before you get to the dollars, you have to have the foot traffic. Yeah. So everyone has to kind of work together to make sure you got a positive vibe and a good, clean, cool area so that there's plenty of foot traffic in general mm-hmm. so then they can branch out to the individual stops, yeah. right? Well, see, and, and we, we, had one, we had one booth got really mad at us for, quote, sniping their sales. And like, no, we were just... And it was basically one, one of our team wanted a picture of somebody in a cosplay. Yeah. And then was going to go back to the, their thing and just, like, take a picture. Yeah. Whatever. But that was... Yeah, that was uh, that was on Sunday, wasn't it? That was on Sunday. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was... I'm pretty sure that half of the complaint was, it's day three and I haven't slept well in the last in the last 72 hours and, and I'm I haven't happy. sold shit. Well, that's always the slow She sold day. some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's always the, the slow day, too, right? I mean... Mm, Sunday, Sunday is always... One of two different kinds of days when you're vending. Sunday is either the day where everyone is buying everything uh, because they're like me and don't buy anything until day three. Right, trying to get good deals. Not necessarily even trying to get good deals, trying to make up my mind because I only have so much money. Uh, right. Um, but or also, also Sundays is also the day that a lot of people mark down their inventory. So yeah. So there is day. some. There is some. 
trying to get a good deal, but really for me, it's not angling for the deal so much as I only have $100 for this convention, including food. Um, so what am I going to buy, if anything? Yeah, I mean, and depending on the size of the con, uh, and some of the bigger cons, I'd imagine, sometimes it's just yeah. having the chance to actually roam around and see all the various things before you make a decision. Indeed. And someday for booksellers, too, um, is the day when that person who went, who took your book home or to their on Friday and Friday and read it and came back comes back and gets the rest of the book. Serious. <laughs> those are yeah, those are good days. And someone comes in like, so I bought this book on Friday. I need the rest now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And that's happened. That's happened to Ben on more than one occasion. Put it in my veins. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like the IV with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but now, I mean, here's the part of the thing. <coughs> um. This is something that we did that I think helped, um, because we were in this tiny little aisle. There was like six, four, let's see, one, two, three, four, five booths wide, mm-hmm. or five booths long, and we're off to the side. So we didn't get a lot. Of, we weren't having a lot of traffic. Yeah, our our location was kind of poor this year, which now, whatever. But sometimes you get good spots. Sometimes you don't. Right. I mean, the year before that, two years before that. Oh, man, that, that spot was killer. <laughs> yeah, I had a spot right next to the, the, guests. the guests. And everybody walked by. I made like six, $700 that year. Uh, which, when you're selling books 10 bucks at a time, and sometimes discounting the last, yeah. Yeah. So, that was a monstrous pecan. Um, but, and we paid for an end cap this year, so. Yes. Um, yeah, we paid for a booth, too. Big monster. But anyways, um... The other thing is, is that we would take and uh, have my Amazon Music on, and I put it on Queen or Guardians of the Galaxy, and we'd crank the music up. Yep. Because first of all, it helped the mood. Um, and there was a couple times when we had other other vendors singing along with us. Yep. Um, but we got it, we got half the row involved in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah. <laughs> Even if they were just kind of miming it, but you know, um, of course. Then there was the yeah. But the thing about vending. You see two kind of vendors. You see the ones sitting there with their heads in their, you know, in their laptops or what have you, not engaging, not selling, and wondering why. <laughs> and then you have us. Well, you. Keep in mind, I'm, I'm pretty much only heads up when you're not at the booth. Because that way, <laughs> I have energy because I can't engage as hard as, like, I can't go as hard as you can. Well, and, and but this year we had Becca, and Becca was was a monstrously powerful player. Oh God, yeah. So this year um, we had a booth, babe, um, and it's kind of funny because Friday, um, Friday we're we're getting set up, and uh, did she did she have a course in all three days? Didn't she? Uh, no, she got on Saturday. On Saturday, okay, that's right. Saturday morning. Okay, I've got to get my timeline straight because when you're at con. All thing becomes the con. The con. The con is an entire thing. Yeah. So you Saturday, Friday, Saturday, it all becomes kind of a blur. So she's there uh, Friday, and she's you know she's kind of hitting her hitting her stride, learning to hit the stride, yeah. you know, hit, hit the pitch, learning to hey when they pick up the book, stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, That's the real trick. It once they're reading, you shut up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, once they're reading the back or the front, yeah. yeah uh, usually, if I can get them to read the front of the book. Why does the sale go, <coughs> go up exponentially? But 
Saturday morning, I take Becca over to um, to um, Winch the, the Gear, and um, Cece, who made my hat and my and my steampunk costume, puts her in this corset. And the thing is, is we also didn't see Becca at her most confident once she put that on, and suddenly she has this figure that she didn't know she had. Her confidence went way up, mm-hmm. and that corset was hers in no time. So now we've got Bubbly Girl, because Friday we have Bubbly Girl uh, with, uh, you know, Bubbly Becca uh, with, you know, personality and, and, you know, and such. Saturday we have her with a figure and cleavage. Yeah, and, and as, as semi-sexist as it may sound, the booth babe sells. There's the reason that that the, that the concept of the booth babe can't will not ever die. Well, there's nothing sexist about that. Yeah, that's just science. That's yeah. just science. If anything, right. it's sexist against men because you're saying they cannot control themselves and they are pathetic. <laughs> um. Well. Yeah. <laughs> but again, science. Yeah. yeah. yeah I know a lot of people who would be like, "Oh, you you you've just you just like to objectify women," and I'm like, "No." No, I know men. Like, I personally. Am incapable of objectifying women. Well, like the thing is, I don't that, see women as like, I, I don't see men and women differently. Well, the I, I, people treat. Well, I see that they they're treated differently. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, because men and women and stuff. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is we also the cool thing about this, we also saw Becca far more confident in herself. Yeah. Um, and and her, and her getting to be like, hi, I'm sexy in front of her ex-husband was pretty freaking awesome. Bonus <laughs> 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 points. Bonus points, yeah. Well, she said afterwards... Statement redacted. <laughs> um, That's funny. So, but... Uh, yeah, that part we might want to edit. But anyways... Um, um, Why? Personal information. Uh, but anyways... Well, we haven't um, given her last name. No, but... Um, anyways, I'll explain. Um, but anyways, we, we got to see, you know, someone, and that's the point I was trying to get to, is we had <coughs> Becca and me engaging hard. Um, Indeed. You know, um, which for a merchant is is vital. Um, and honestly, because Becca was there, half the time I didn't have to do anything. Or me either. I mean, because I had both of you guys there, Yeah. Uh, this, this con was really, was really a lot easier on me. I mean... Although I did get to do the one thing that I know I'm very good at, which is set up and tear down. Yeah. I know like, how to arrange a table. Yeah, that's why, I didn't, that's why I had all the stuff there. I was just waiting for you to show up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, oh, you got all your stuff? Do you need like, no, no, I've, I've, got, uh, I've got my... Uh, I've got a guy I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. No, I've got a guy I, for that. No, no, I had... No, was it... Uh, I had... Uh, uh, it was... Okay, this was Friday, so bear in mind I'm yeah. not exactly. Uh, right, it was like uh, it was no, no, it's like uh, um, I had my set director on the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that was that was how I proved my value to you five years ago, mm-hmm. because I was just a con goer at Vision Con, and mm-hmm. I helped, and I and you were at uh, Shane's Shane's. So- Shane's monstrous display. So yeah, cabinet let, of let, doom. Yeah. Let me put this in the proper perspective, so you guys know how epic Neil's, Neil was at this. <laughs> so, 
we show up, and uh, Shane has been telling me, oh, yeah, I've got this new display. I spent, you know, thousands of dollars on it. I was going, Still overpaid for it. Yeah, but, well, um... so we get, he gets there, and he pulls up in a trailer, and I'm going, wow, okay. Um, I mean, and it's, it's fantastic, but it's thousands. Yeah, wow. well, anyways, <coughs> maybe, the, maybe the, $1,200. The thing is, is that he pulls out these five, six big plastic crates, and we're talking... You could hide a couple of bodies in here the, the, with room to spare. To to put uh, for these these are your standard uh, these are your standard size um, like tour um, light and sound crates. People, yeah. Like if, if you are, if you ever do a touring show, um, these that's what that's kind of what you're looking at here. And I bring you know, and I'm bringing like. I got a table and some books and a stand. It was like, my God, what is this, a freaking road show? So five or six boxes of these, it comes with instructions that have no words. It's just numbers and colors. <laughs> it's like a 3D freaking jigsaw puzzle and you do not have the picture. I'm picturing like those galactic symbols you see in Star Wars. <laughs> yes, yes. It was, it was like, what is like this? <laughs> so we're sitting here trying to figure out what's what. And Neil comes along and is like, you need some help? And the next thing we know, I mean, it suddenly it's like watching a Transformer transform. It's like, and we're like going, where the fuck did that come from? It took, it took me 15 minutes to figure out the instructions. Yeah, it, it wasn't that fast. fast. But we had been at it for four hours. Like, well, okay, well, I feel better now. <laughs> one of those like time-lapse things where you, you have fast-forward on and yeah, you, see, yeah. like, you see the Lego ship come together or the makeup come together or whatever. Right, yeah. exactly. We're going, what? Yeah, and, and I mean, and he's still... And the other part of it was is we had six people. Um, and Neil is basically going, you go there, grab me one of these, you go there. And it's like suddenly it, it's... I mean... And Neil is doing as much of the work as anybody else. I'm doing decidedly less because I'm out of shit shape right at that point, and I was at pre in pre diabetes without being without it being treated. So I'm like, oh god. But by the time we're done, this thing covers 15 feet. It is a thing of beauty. It is a thing <laughs> of beauty. It's, and it lights up and and, and it well, it didn't shine. light up at that one because we didn't bother hooking up the lights. True, we didn't have power. But it has shelving and, and places to store stuff. And then the tables come up. And I'm going, wow. You know, and then I've got like, oh, here are my books. <laughs> At that point, I have like four books. Yeah. Uh, and that was right when I finished writing. Um, I just finished writing um, um, Ashfall for Shane. Yep. That was why he was at, yeah, that was why you were at his booth. Right, exactly. Uh, and later that year, I went to, I went to uh, uh, the one in, in South Carolina uh, with him. And had to do that without you. <sighs> well, it should have been easier the second time. It should have been. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but anyways, I mean, yeah, this, we, we go from, oh my God, it's a bunch of Legos to, you know, look, if that's no moon. <laughs> so I bled on that. Oh, so did I. So did I. <laughs> we both bled on it. Um, and you do, and I did, I, I this is, this is per, per, par, partially your story, but also partially mine. Um, you did. I did what any set stagehand does when they cut themselves while working, <laughs> which was I grabbed a roll of duct tape, I ripped off a piece of duct tape and slapped it over the wound and went back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Old duct tape. Yeah. It yeah. works. 
It's fast and it's watertight, so you're not going to get infected. You want to take it off and you want to wash it before the end of the night. But yeah, take it off. That's going to be half the fun part. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's. But so yeah, there there is an etiquette too to um, to when you know because we did this when went over this last time. There's an etiquette. Cosplay does not equal consent. Yes. You always ask if you can take a picture. And if they um, say no, you're saying okay, cool, thanks. Yeah, because we did. Uh, Becca asked one of the little kids, and he was like, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Most of it is just common sense and how you would conduct yourself outside of a convention. Yes. Well, also, a lot also, of people though will think, like, "Oh, you're dressed up all fancy. You must want your picture taken." No, it's just I'm dressed up all fancy. Yeah, I right. mean, yeah, exactly. Well, but Sometimes, also, asking if you can take their picture also gives them a chance to pose. Yes, cosplayers <laughs> will. It's great watching cosplayers interact. Because you say, can I take a picture? And suddenly, they transform from this person you were talking to to that character they are. Right. You know, and it's the accent comes out, the body language changes. It's wonderful to watch happen. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's you shift the posture slightly, you pull out your prop. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, it's it's a lot cooler to see, like, uh, just a random thing that comes mind here. Let's say... Uh, a Master Chief, like, about to lob a plasma grenade, instead of Master Chief, like, scratching his butt with the end of his prop gun. You know? Right, <laughs> like, right. Well, or, like, or, you know. see, or you see Master Chief go into that, that, that funky arms, side arm, you know, uh, where you see the bunch of Master Chiefs running through a con. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, yeah the or, capering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or you see them. It's, yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, <laughs> and no one gets to see that, but uh, it was funny. That's just gross. it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, you, typically or, with high strutting uh, knees, high too. strutting arms aside, puppeting. Right. You know, yeah. but anyways, um, yeah. Um, so, but you get you also see you see the passion people put into it. Yeah, right. I mean, even the worst cosplay is better than what I got on. You know, so I will. I try not to harsh on people who who cosplay in one way or another. Yeah. I mean, even the divas. You know that because it's just suits. I mean, not to mention it's actually a a retail purchasable suit, but still. Still. What yeah. that? Yeah. You and and typically they'll at least do the little face triangles. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like sometimes. Uh, well, I should even. I I would say not even just sometimes, but often. Uh, cosplay is just a thing that you're you're doing it for the hell of it. You're doing it to participate or engage or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily trying to be like competitive or super committed. But like, I mean, there's Some cosplayers are. Yeah, right. exactly. Which is what those I'm... cosplayers take part in the costume contest, though. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying there's a there's a. Oh distinction. my god! Sorry, I just remembered like one of the most epic cosplays I ever saw. Um, she took like third place in the costume contest at Miami St. Louis that year too. She did a full-on Rita Repulsa mm, uh, nice. cost, like, and she was a woman who was, you know, a little bit on the bigger side. But when she was in her full costume, she was as wide as Ben and me and Ben standing mm -hmm. side by side. Yes, I did include Ben twice on okay. purpose. <laughs> like, she was huge. She like it was this gigantic hoop skirt. Yeah. And like shoulder pads out to the moon, right. and it was amazing. <laughs> well, and and you see, I think also you see who these uh, you see who a lot of cosplayers want to be. You, you see them being the, their best selves, mm -hmm. which is or you I get to see them 
being something that they are frequently not. Like, <clears throat> right. mm-hmm. put someone who is normally shy in a Deadpool costume and suddenly... <laughs> no, that's Lloyd Bird, but oh, yeah. yes, I know. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the point. Is, yeah, yeah, because there there is in, um, but you also get to see them taking pride in something they've done. Yeah, uh, show off, you know, and it's so I always try to say something complimentary about it. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you see all levels of cosplay. I mean, um, the you know the, the spoiler, you know, there's going to be you know any one of these. Yes. Um, Deadpool, Diva, Harley Quinn. Yeah, Harley Quinn, Which, by the way, Joker. You know, if it's done well, then great. There's a reason why it's popular. Well, yeah. even if it's not, uh, even if it's well. not done great, even even the costume is not done well, I will see people in eh, costumes, the, but who do the character yeah. justice. Well, yeah, the I number just, of times I mean, that I get that when I pull out my fourth Doctor cost, cosplay, I don't even have the right color jacket. Mm-hmm. I am painfully aware of this too. Yeah. I would love to get the right color jacket, but like the cheapest one that I can find, and I can't make this because it's you make it out of corduroy, and <laughs> and, and I, I don't have a sewing machine that can sew corduroy. Um, but the cheapest jacket I can find is like two hundred bucks, right? Uh, because it. Spoiler alert: corduroy jackets with elbow patches that are that, that are fitted are expensive. Imagine, right? Imagine that. Especially when they come in an odd color, like, like a bright, like a bright maroon. Well, I, I meant the total package, like how they're, <coughs> you know, acting and engaging and stuff. Not yeah. just like, oh, the quality of the costume or whatever. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I've, you know, <coughs> I've seen some, mm-hmm. I, I've seen some cosplays where it's like it it's more convincing or elaborate or whatever but they're just kind of a dead fish and i'm just like well that's cool i guess but it's just looking like i'm looking at a picture or something and then mm-hmm. there'd be somebody who's in an average cosplay or whatever but they're just really inhabiting the character yeah. like one of those aforementioned deadpools and i'm like yeah. that's awesome that's a lot of fun and i'm more like engaged with it you know yeah yeah and that that's and that was kind of what i was like i don't have the best quality in terms of uh authenticity cosplay out there but um I pose. I get the I get the fourth Doctor grin going, mm-hmm. and I got the scarf, which is half the battle. But uh, well, right. sometimes, uh, sometimes the, uh, the 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 costumes, the outfits, the looks, the whatever are just very simple by nature of what they are. Yeah. So there's not a lot to it. So sometimes you know right. that makes a bigger difference. Like example, I I haven't really cosplayed much, but one time I did. I went to. Um, PAX 2012, PAX Prime, which is the original in Seattle. Yeah, we're going to get to other cost, cost, uh, conventions eventually. <laughs> I did, um, I, I did uh, Captain Hammer for a cosplay. Corporate which, tool. Yes, mm-hmm. which is very simple. I just I got the replica t-shirt from a website online, which is very authentic, by the way. I, I love the shirt. And then I got just some cargo pants, because that's what he's wearing. It's just some cargo pants. And gloves, And then right? I got some like motorcycle-style gloves that looked pretty close to his gloves. And then anything outside of that was really just me hamming it up. Hammering and, it and up. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I would, you know, when I, I would move, I would strut around, I'd be very confident, I'd do the, like, the, the hands, the, the stereotypical hands on the hips superhero thing. Right. And just, like, I'd always have mm-hmm. my chin up and stuff. And, of course. And a lot of that was, uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of that would draw the attention sometimes. And then people would realize after that, oh, wait, that's Captain Hammer. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah. po- I mean, if you don't really... 
I mean, it's just a shirt and a pair of pants and some gloves. If you're not paying attention, unless you see, like, the hammer insignia or whatever in the chest, mm -hmm. you're not going to even necessarily know it's a costume. Right. But that the rest of it kind of brought that in, you know? Well, and, and there's something, too, about recognizing an obscure cosplay. Because there was one guy that you and oh, I yeah. uh, got, that only one other person had gotten all weekend. Which one was that? It was Sunday, I think. Um, oh, God, I can't remember. Because there were so many. Um, yeah. I guess there were a number of obscure cosplays, but I'm good at the, like that's yeah. the sort of thing that I'm very good at. So. Right. Well, and, and that's the other thing that having Becca there helped because she is a geek girl. Mm -hmm. Um. So she, I mean, she, <coughs> she educated me. She educated. She fills in blind spots that I have for anime, which mm -hmm. is saying something. Although I, I, at this point, I'm something of an old taco. So. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> Old Taku, yeah. Old Taku, wow, okay. I, I, I shamelessly have stolen that word from Bennett the Sage, but <laughs> I don't care because it's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the but, Captain Hammer thing was a lot of fun, and I actually, um, I, I recycled that as a Halloween costume later that year. Yeah. And I was, I was, um, we were, this was the last year at Lacey... Lacey and I went out and we um, we were we were doing the Halloween pub crawl thing. At this point, it's just like, I mean, we can say we're too old for it, or everyone else is too young for it, or however you want to slice it. But it just became one of those things where it's like it was just a lot of noise and annoyance, and it wasn't really fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And so we stopped doing it. But uh, there were some fun times had um, that year, and the reason I bring it up is because we went, we were at this club, and I bumped into a, um, into a, uh, why am I drawing a blank here? Into a um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris's Doctor Horrible. Doctor Horrible, yeah, is the title of the whole thing, and I couldn't remember it. Having <laughs> a total brain fart there. But yeah, we 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 bumped into a Doctor Horrible. And I, I, we're just, I think we're getting, we're like about to get a drink at the bar at roughly the same time. And yeah. I, I look over and I'm like, wait a minute, that looks like a lab coat. And then he notices me noticing him and we're just like, ah, and we're like pointing at each other. <laughs> and he has like a little, he has like a little freeze ray thing. It's just a, a silly little thing <laughs> with like cardboard that says freeze ray on it. <laughs> so we had this great picture together and we just, you know, it was, awesome. a, it was a great moment and it was yeah. a lot of fun. Right. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things. And what made it even more satisfying is, um, not many people were rec were recognizing the Captain Hammer thing, and some would, and then they wouldn't recognize that Lacey was uh, was supposed to be Penny because Penny was just wearing normal clothes. Like mm -hmm. it was like you know she just had like this normal shirt and jeans and like a little brown hoodie and stuff. It was all very subtle, but mm -hmm. like we we you know when we watched it, we made sure to get as like close as fit as possible for all that stuff. So right. it was accurate, but it was just so subtle that no one even realized it was a thing. You know, right. like right. most people didn't realize she was doing a, a character. So that was a lot of fun, and it just goes to show the whole, like, you know, right. if you do a you do a character, you do a costume, and it's like, not as many g people get it, but when they do get it, it's so much more satisfying, you oh, know? Because yeah. obviously, if you show up as, like, Batman or something, people are going to know who you are, you know? Right. By the way, um, if people want to know why we keep gushing about cosplay um, a lot and want to hear someone other than us talk about it, I highly recommend checking out Adam Savage's TED Talk about cosplay. Yeah, that's, always, that's a good one. So, Mike, you're um, you, you're you're familiar with the MST3K stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, here's picture one. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and then here is picture two. 
Big McLarchu. Grizzle McThornbody. The many names of Adam Ryder. Roll Fizzlebeef. Bob Johnson. Oh, wait. Beef Blastbody. Slab Hardchew. This is great. Smoke Man Musk. Smoke Man Musk. We place our faith in Blast Hard Cheese. That is very easily my favorite episode of the Mystery Science Theater. Crunch butt steak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, man. So yeah, we need. So uh, but anyway, yeah, that was that was one of the first cosplays at our table. As a matter of fact, that's great. Yeah, David Ryder. Uh, uh, so for those of you who are not familiar with this, uh, uh, on YouTube, search for the many names of David Ryder. R Y D E R. Mm-hmm. Um, and prepare to laugh your ass off. It's very funny. Also, check out the MST3K episode, Space Mutiny, because the whole episode's really damn funny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, we, but there is, there is a, there is a uh, etiquette for getting people to your booth. Mm-hmm. Because if people just walk on by, you know, they're just walking on by, a lot of times yeah. like, they're, if they you, don't want to be engaged. Yeah. If you play the engagement game and the person keeps walking, you say, okay, have a nice con. Right? Or sometimes say hi to people and don't try to sell them shit. Yeah. You know, hey, how's it going? You enjoying the con? Great. Hey, great cosplay. Love your t-shirt. Parenting win. That's my favorite one, is with uh, parents who will have their kids in cosplay, in cosplay, and you tell them, parenting win! It's, um, it, I, I, I've, there are two kinds of con parents that I really love. Mm-hmm. The, one, the, the one kind of con parent that you see more often, which is the con parent who also is there because they like being at the con. And mm-hmm. I they're like raising the, their kids in that culture. Yeah, uh, they're raising their kids in that culture. I like that parent a lot, mm-hmm. but I like the other parent more, which is the parent who shows up to this convention because their kid loves this thing and this parent has no clue what is going on. <laughs> right, yeah. they're, and they're, they're walking around kind of shell-shocked. <laughs> But they're but, but, but they love their kid enough that they're gonna play, be there to play chaperone. Yeah. And, and you can see that they're 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 kind of shell shocked, but they're also happy to see their kid having that much fun. Yeah. Uh, which I wish my you know I wish I'd had this this experience as a kid because yeah you got you got kids out there who um, who like the thing that they like. And they get almost no understanding for it. Mm. Even the parents are going, I'm trying to understand, but, you know. I don't, don't get the kids these days. I don't get kids these days. I need to get my chakras realigned, evidently. <laughs> um, chakra. Yeah, chakra. It's, it's a story. It's, it's a story it. he'll tell. <laughs> I'm sure um, it sounds like a story. Yeah, I know. I guide them overall, so you got to admit. At, at, uh, at Renaissance Bookstore. Yeah, uh, I work at Renaissance. Yeah. So anyways, um... But yeah, you'll see those, and I love those parents because they're the ones who are just—they're making the bigger effort in my in my book because they just spent twenty or thirty bucks to get into the door with their kid, so their kid can have a good time. But they're also there to make sure that their kid is safe. Yeah, right. they're not just—you know—they're taking an interest also in yeah. what their what their child is doing. It's not just a have fun you two and get out the car. It's mm. it's. But also, the other con parent that I love is like the like guy next to us, uh, Cactus, uh, Cactus Games. Yeah. To the vendor who brings their kid to the uh, who brings their kid to con, and spends half their time 
One parent spends half the time trying to corral the kid while the other tries to make a living. Um, and it was kind of funny because we would watch this little one-year-old or two-year-old. She ran off to the right. It was always, always to the right. <laughs> I don't know why it was always to the right because the left was just as attractive. The, no, the, re- the left was freaking wide open. Yeah. If she, if she could get around to the left, she was out of sight and gone, but she always made that beeline down the aisle. Um, yeah, and it was... But we figured out... We found out something. Parents out there, if you don't have one, go get a Doctor Who sonic screwdriver because they fix kids. Specifically one with lights. Well, yeah, one with lights. Uh, so his his little girl, uh, what was her name? Uh, Dean. Can't remember. Donnie? Anyways. I uh, barely remembered his, like, his right. booth name. Right. So, yeah, she was getting a little fussy and I just casually... Grab one of my Doctor Who Sonic screwdrivers. The War Doctor, for those who care. Uh, actually, I start off with River, with River Sonic. Oh, you start off with River because okay. they had the red light on it, right? And I was just going, it's like I've got fun setting that works on wood. I pointed at the kid, and light comes on, noise comes out, Ooh. and the kid goes, the kid goes from <laughs> Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and then reaches for it. <laughs> I'm just like, no, grab a cat, no, yeah. But, but yeah, it, it worked every time. It's like, what? Ooh, you know, because I mean, it was probably just a. It was, I mean, a lot of her fuss was probably just overload. Yeah, yeah, needed something to focus on. But yeah, watching watching parents running after small children. Um, mm-hmm. We have a picture of a tiny little black canary. Uh, at our table had to stand up so I could see all of her (laughs) you know uh, because all I could see was the top of her head and the mask at first Um, but then other cons let's I mean I think we've yeah we've we've talked about our own con experiences a bit so cons are huge Um, they're not just a thing that happened in Springfield here at VisionCon no no Um, for example who who out there in, in Radio Land has heard of this you know, it's this tiny little thing, doesn't get too much press, called San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah. And by doesn't get too much press, I mean gets legitimate press coverage. Yeah, makes the news, makes <laughs> CNN and shit. Yes. <laughs> well, that's that's a uh, some of that's a byproduct of what it's become over the years, where mm-hmm. all the... Yeah, industry it, it's an industry. It's an industry hobnob event, half as half as much as it's a com. It's a fan yeah, event. it's these kind days. of a hybrid yeah. at this point. Because San Diego Comic Con is one of those cons that was fan run, fan organized. That the industry showed up to. I think it's still technically fan run. Yeah, but, but the industry still shows up to it, and anything that's going to happen. I mean, San Diego Comic Con is where the industry shows off their shit. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, San Diego Comic Con is the is the con, is the con. If anyone's seen those pictures of um, of Chris Evans helping Stan Lee up to onto a stage, that was at San Diego Comic Con. Hmm. Captain America helping helping a senior citizen get on stage. Right, <laughs> one senior citizen helping another. <laughs> uh, that was another joke that got me. <laughs> yeah. Right, um, but yeah, I mean San Diego Comic Con just became huge. Because the industry took an interest in it because they realized that's where our fans live. Yeah. And it became... It was big enough, and it was big enough and close enough to Hollywood. Yes. Um, That's the other big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then, so that made the other Comic-Cons start to get industry, you know, because New York Comic-Con... Yeah, uh, there's another giant population bomb that we'll probably have a lot of people show up to. Right. 
But um, then we have E3, which was originally a it was, industry. It was an industry-only uh, press event. E3 was not open to the general public up until just like two years ago. And that's, yeah, and I think that's because suddenly gaming culture became so powerful. Well, no, the reason it opened up to public is because PAX was killing E3, um, in all honesty. People would, would leave out going to E3 and go to PAX instead and interact with the fans and still get just as much pe uh, press coverage. Well, that's not the first time that non-industry people have been in E3. It's, it yeah. has oscillated over the years. Well, that's what I'm saying is, is that basically gaming culture, like, oh, we're going where the gamers are. Yes. So E3 decides, hey, let's be where the gamers are and let them in. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's one that started off industry only and became open to the public and became an event in and of E3 itself. is the Electronic Entertainment Expo. And then... Now, there are two that are still largely sci-fi cons. They are industry... They are part of their own industry. Yeah. Uh, which is Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Which... And... Uh, Dragon Con is, is the big sci-fi. The other thing, one I think you're going to mention, isn't really a sci-fi con. Gen Con? Gen Con is not a sci-fi con. The Gen Con is a gaming con. Yeah. It, it, but, not a, but not an electronic gaming con. Mm -hmm. It is a tabletop... Game con, right? And, and it is the premier uh, tabletop con. game con. That is right. just an observation. It's kind of funny that something called Dragon Con is primarily science fiction. One would think Dragon would evoke fantasy. Well, yeah, things. Gen Con. See, Gen Con uh, is where Palladium and uh, GURPS and you know they would see. And it's, you're right. They are industry cons, though. Yeah. Uh, Gen Con is a gaming industry con, where Dragon Con is a sci-fi and uh, fantasy, uh, you know, con, author con. Author yeah. con. Yeah, you see a lot of authors. It's there. a book. It, Dragon Con's a big book con. Um, right. Probably really the big book, book con, con in America. Really, it really is. Uh, the only one, that, the <clears throat> only two that are that get bigger. Um, now there are some others that I have been to or heard about uh, that I don't know about. Mm -hmm. uh, Norwest Con is a big one on the on the West Coast. Uh, it's in Seattle. It's a good one to go to. Uh, a lot of big, a lot of big sci-fi names. That's where I got the idea for the uh, for the ribbons, on the the badge ribbons. Um, imagine what we do. Only every booth being provided those ribbons by the con. Who? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, and then. Um, there is, let's see, there's Norwest Con, which is, I've been to that one, that's where I got my agent. Um, wherever the Hugo and Nebula Awards are, those kind of, World Con tends to be um, for the uh, Hugo Awards, and the Nebulas tend to be whatever con, you know, happens to be at. Uh, Norwest Con also gives out the Philip K. Dick Award. Um, and then... Um, and, well, I mean... Uh, Gen Con gives out the Ennies, uh, uh, which are podcast um, awards and that I actually know someone who got a silver Enny uh, two years ago, and, and then, I hate him <laughs> because of, like, no, no offense. Ross, I love you, but I envy you massively and all of your massive success, because <coughs> I'm sure you're listening. Of course he is. Um, where was he going? He might actually be, so. Okay. Um, 
then you have some of the other big ones. Armadillo Con's getting big. Um, nor, uh, Wiscon. Uh, Wiscon is a very strong. Uh, is very strong in women's lit. Um, you. Um, Emerald it, City Comic Con's getting pretty big too. Emerald City Comic Con is getting huge. But, yeah. um, but uh, what was the other one? Wiscon, Armadillo Con. Um, by the way, if Armadillo Con ever dies, so many jokes are going to be made. Right? Yeah, Rufus Con. <laughs> um, but so there's uh, a. Uh, Sudercon, Acon, mm-hmm. and. Uh, there is, and of course, there's the convention that is that that doesn't really interact with us too much but I just got to mention real quick um, give me a second here um, give me a second here happens in Las Vegas Nevada every year and is called Defcon Defcon which is the premier con uh, con for white hat hackers and uh, and um, and uh, and physsec uh, um, mm-hmm. people, physsec is physical security. That's what I assume. Um, they they're the ones that make sure that you're that no one can that no one can break through your doors um, or open your doors. I've seen I've read a, quite a number of I've I've watched a few very interesting panels at DefCon. Um, about this guy whose his whole job is to break into your secure facility. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Very just like you know sneakers, the the movie. Yeah. His job is uh, so I'm a scary consultant. My job is to break into water treatment plants um, and then tell people how I did it because um, I shouldn't be in a water treatment plant. <laughs> I have no reason to be in a water treatment plant. Right. So. Um... <laughs> But yeah, conventions. I mean, and, and when you get into the history of conventions, those started after Star Trek. Yeah, a lot of that. I mean, yeah. Granted, there's you know there are Shriners conventions and things like that. But when you get into just fan run conventions, that goes all the way back to Star Trek, the fanzines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, con- I mean, the term convention is that that could be anything. That could be like, hey, we sell X product and we're having yeah. a convention about it. A lot uh, of we were talking about the yeah. context of like geek slash well, fan convention. A lot yeah. of people in Ben's uh, in in Ben's generation, and this isn't just a haha Ben is old joke. This is a an actual generational divide thing. Yeah. Conventions were frequently industry things where you know where right. where people from you know all the floor, all the floor cleaning uh, all the, all the floor wax uh, compound manufacturers got together and competed to be like our floor wax compound is the best <laughs> well, or they were, or they would uh, you'd have you'd have suppliers for them and things like that getting yeah. together but also from my generation too Neil um, we i mean i'm also the generation of people who first put together the first fanzines yeah uh, the term Mary Sue comes from a Star Trek fanzine. Mm-hmm. Um, my generation also went to the first cons when all you had to do was put on a blue shirt, sew some gold piping on it, and you know do your fingers in a, in a V uh, and with you know with fake ears and you were Spock. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of crossover in some of the things we talked about when you look back at like the the early days of Dungeons and Dragons when it was first coming together, mm-hmm. and they were they were they had a limited capacity to actually like 
distribute and sell them and everything and it was still it was still in its infancy yeah and they they relied on a lot of word of mouth and convention and fanzine yeah. type stuff and mm -hmm. so there's <clears throat> there's often a symbiotic relationship when it comes to some of the industry side stuff and some of the consumer side stuff oh exactly because the the consumers would get the word out and then they could have the stuff more available and more markets and have more people to play with etc cetera, etc cetera. and then on the industry side you know they would do their thing and mm -hmm. have more you know they'd be able to reach a wider audience and people who might be interested in playing their game reading their book or whatever right oh exactly i mean and <clears throat> and you see and this is where the fans get to be fans um this is where the fans get to be among their tribe um, it's, where, which, it's where you can find more than three people in, in, uh, that, that all speak Klingon in the same room. And you also you have to remember a lot of that stuff, like the early versions of D&D &D and stuff, mm -hmm. a lot of that was just mail-order stuff. There wasn't as many examples yeah. where you could just walk into a store and buy it, and that was all before right. internet. Well, back, yeah, back in my day, um, <laughs> game, game stores didn't exist. Uh, comic book shops did. And sometimes they would have some games. Right. Sometimes, yeah. Um, but my first version of D&D... I got from a, uh, not Barnes & Noble, Walden Books. Yeah. There's a deep cut for you. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, like uh, but, in, but in the 80s, I would go to my local uh, Air, Capital, uh, Air Capital Comics, um, and that's where I first picked up my first uh, issues of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> in black and white. Yep. And then I picked up my first Palladium games. I uh, picked up my first, uh, you know, TMNT games. My first GURPS games. I would get those along with my comic books. GURPS, for those who don't know, stands for Generic Universal Roleplay System. Yep. And you can literally play anything in GURPS if you're good enough at math. <laughs> well, that's where I first picked up the Morrow Project game. Um, my, no, actually, I played Morrow Project before. That's where I got my first copy of my own. Isn't isn't uh, Morrow technically a GURPS offshoot? Nope. Morrow Project way pretty. Morrow Project actually came out in '71. Really? Wow. Yep. Um, Morrow Project is a little role, uh, is a, is a, an obscure. It's a it's a hipster's dream. It's an obscure <laughs> little role playing game you've probably never heard of. <laughs> our, our hipsters nightmare after the post apocalyptic thing became a big trend. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, it's popular now. I'm melting. I'm melting. <laughs> oh, the humanity. Oh, or you got to get the super hipster points, which is I liked something after it stopped being cool again. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is... Like, that say you like the band Hanson now. Oh, God. They're actually pretty good. Well, Umbop is horrible, but they they were pretty. They're actually a pretty consistent band. I've heard. Well, it's just such a weird thing. Later music, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to hate on them. I haven't heard anything else basically, so I'm right. not going to assume their they're musical point ability. Being, they're pretty good, actually. Point uh, being, fun fact: they also for a while made their own beer called Mm Hops. Mm Hops. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. My yeah. Now hurts. you know that, and you can't know uh, it. <laughs> no, I can. Believe me, I'm thinking needle in my brain. Um, but. That's you know, that was where comic book geeks would get together, and that's where uh, in the, in the '80s is where cons like this got their start. Um, yeah. Because there was a con that a you know a couple guys put together in Wichita back when I was an airman. Um, but also at the time, the only way to experience geek culture was to be a part of certain things. Um, 
for instance, you guys have, uh, unless you specifically went to something that was specially scheduled, have probably never had a chance to go to a midnight showing of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Nope. Can't say I have. I have been to so many of them, I cannot tell you the number because it was a regular thing on Friday nights yeah. at a local cinema. Uh, we would take toast in, bring lighters uh, and newspapers. Um, and squirt I once, guns. And squirt guns. And <laughs> I once went in a, in a long coat and a pair of gold lame briefs because I was cosplaying as Rocky. <laughs> I had Rocky. Yes, because I had the physique for it. And let me tell you, you have not lived till you run around a theater in nothing but a pair of gold lame speedos being chased by someone tra uh, dressed up as a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> it quite, sounds like quite a spectacle. Well, then it sounds like I'll probably never live, because that doesn't really sound all that appealing to me. Well... There was a, there was a point. Where the the fact of the matter is is that the sweet transvestite was actually a girl. That sounds a little bit more appealing. <laughs> so I was like, "Damn, I have to run from her." Oh, wait, I'm here with my girlfriend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, nor have you you know until you've been to a Rocky Horror Picture show and they ask, well, "Who's at this table?" Helen Keller and the actual cast of the Miracle Worker is in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. That was, yeah, that was pretty meta. Um, well, the thing about, a uh, broader point I like to make about conventions is <clears throat> it has kind of circled, circled around, in my opinion, where it's like, um, back in the day, back in my day, as you said, um, <laughs> it was, it was a thing where it was like, um, it was a, uh, it was a necessity for, for folks that didn't have another, like, opportunity or outlet for it because it was pre-internet and you didn't have a lot of these things that were mainstream where people could, like you said, get with their tribe and, you know, have the communal experiences and stuff. Um, but now I feel like <clears throat> we have, um, we have, there's so much access, there's so much communication with mm -hmm. the internet and social media and everything else. <clears throat> it's like, yeah, it's all kind of out there, but people are just seeing it or hearing about it or kind of being on the sidelines, and now it's just as important in the sense that you need an actual physical space where people can actually interact with each other and get unplugged and stuff. Yeah. And some of those things are literally like their unplugged conventions, like there's the offshoot of PAX, where it's PAX Unplugged, and it's nothing but tabletop stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's... Uh, it's or for that matter, Gen Con, <clears throat> which yeah. I don't think has video games. Like, yeah. That shows up. No, it's, it's, it's for... It's right. for board games and RPGs. But well, yeah, and even if the stuff is related to video games or whatever, just the just the actual physical in the same room interaction. Like mm -hmm. I mean, with, with video games, for example, uh, generally speaking, there's exceptions, but mm -hmm. um, there's a lot more emphasis on like online play and stuff, and not actually being in a room together. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, and and the it's other said thing is the couch co-op has become a selling point. Right, right. Well, there, there's something else too about this um, in the in the con circuit now. I'm used to the you know Leonard Nimoy doing the the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins was the <laughs> extent of nerd music. Now you've got artists like Mikey Mason and Big Damn Heroes, and mm -hmm. I mean. Um, it was a shame we had to leave the Mojo Party early because I love. I, I mean, 
I got to get to sit through uh, the, the fall of 51st. So. I got to sit through that, too. I've got the first two minutes of the fall of 51st, I think. Um, I got the whole thing. I'm and, sure they'll get mad at me if over it, but whatever. Well, I mean, that's... But then um, you weren't there at the tasting party. Mikey Mason got up, and during the during the the uh, the blind the blind mixing, yeah, during George doing his thing, yeah, um, he did one of his songs called "The Opposite of Cool," which is now my nerd anthem. It's the one I posted on on Facebook during con. I have to check that out, but but we have musicians whose entire repertoire is based on being a geek, being like a, Jonathan Colton. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, MC Chris. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know MC Chris from back in his, his Aqua Teen Hunger Force days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, damn Heroes. Some great stuff. Big Damn Heroes. Mikey Mason, uh, whose biggest one is uh, She Don't Like Firefly. Uh, and then also just and then also musicians that do like video game music and stuff like mm -hmm. covers and remixes and stuff. I it, it packs. They you had the OCRemix.org. Oh man, they had such amazing uh, musical acts. They mm -hmm. they had did they um, have the proto men. Yes, they did. And then now yeah. we've got Professor Shy Guy. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you. Got he was good. Yeah, he was. He was. He performed uh, that he, night. Yeah, he back I, in that caught he, the he last was at, part. He was at the fair. He was at the fair. I, went, I was at the Friars Fair, I just didn't even make, make it in the tasting, because uh, I was at a panel. Right. That's what I had MC, to be at. Yeah. MC right. Friendlot was there, too. Right. And there's, uh, I think it's... <sighs> well, I think, you know, and I think when it, when it comes down to it, we truly, you know, people talk about what terrible times these are and things like that, but I think we truly do, we are in a great time to be a fan. To love the things that you love. Yeah, I think so. Ah, oh, yes, that's who it is. There's also, um, for musical, for, for video game music, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the premier supergroup, which is the Black Mages. Mm, yeah. The reason it's a supergroup is because they are fronted by Nobuo Oematsu, who um, <laughs> is the lead composer for... Every Final Fantasy game up through up through fourteen, <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, well, and, I mean, and you, you've got, and, and I think I think we're kind of closing in on on this is this is our culture. Yes, this I mean, as geek anthology, you know, and as people who listen to us, this is our culture. Um, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, we're we're sad, and then and then I'm sure we're gonna get DDoSed now. So except we'll City X to attend Y convention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we and we and and it is. It's kind of a renaissance, and it's kind of a frontier, um, because new technology is coming out all the time. New games, yeah. new mythology, new stories. Well, you know, something that occurs to me is, <clears throat> I've I've mentioned this before, um, with the future and some present of virtual reality, there's going to be all sorts of interesting situations when it comes to conventions and other events like, you know, concerts mm -hmm. or sporting events or whatever, where people have an opportunity to virtually attend something they would never get the opportunity to, especially when it comes to like a con that's in another country. Well, there's, there's big conventions in like Australia and the UK and stuff too, mm -hmm. you know? Well, Rob Zombie on occasion will do concerts in Second Life. Him and his band will log on Second Life, use up, and, and you know they will actually do concerts. Huh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw a uh, a recording of such a song of 
such a performance um, of his, mm -hmm. which was kind of surreal because it's this very Rob Zombie avatar mm -hmm. singing at a microphone in, because it's Second Life, in this particular case, it was in a Viking mead hall. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty metal. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, well, and it's weird. Second Life is, Second Life, you can find steampunk, you can well, find... In Second uh, Life, you can find... Super find in Second Life, you can find it. Yeah, yeah. Second Life is Rule 34, and all those other and rule forty three. It's rule. It's like every rule of the internet, really. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. Second life, virtual reality. I mean, you can see it's there. Um, I yeah. think you know it's cool that uh, <clears throat> you know virtual reality may um, that that may open up avenues for people who who uh, can't travel or you know they're they're mm -hmm. too old to make it a particular convention or whatever. <clears throat> right. Like, whatever the case may be, or if it's just like. It's one of those things where it's like there physically isn't enough room to have more bodies anymore because it's so popular where there's still all these other people that want to right. participate. That so, was why I didn't get know. into uh, the mojo tasting this last year. Mm -hmm. yeah. They could not fit. They, they could not legally put more people in the room right. because there Fire was codes. a fire chief in the house. Right. Right. Well, there's well, so many conventions now where it's like the supply is so much larger than the demand. Right. I mean, you see it with the pack shows all the time, and they're like. Pack sales are on, uh, packs tickets are on sale, and she's like, poof, they're like, gone. Within minutes, they're gone. Yeah, right. or like, well, uh, or now, like SDCC, where you get your ticket to, to San Diego Comic Con, then you go stand in line to get your ticket to the to, panel you want to watch. And these panels are huge, yeah. And, and we have, and then yeah. we have Critical Role, and uh, talk know. about drawing crowds to cons. Oh, when when Critical Role cast shows up at a place, they get yeah. the critter hug. And we saw, <laughs> we saw two Critical Role. Uh, you saw the posts that I did, right? The we, uh, yeah, the two crit the, yeah, the cosplayers. Role, the cosplayers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I do nothing on Critical Role. I just I post that one. I've got over hundred and one likes since uh, since con. Yeah, that well, I mean that that Facebook group is massive. Yeah, that's. And I mean, I this was over a year ago when I checked, but it was like fifty six thousand people on it or something. Yeah, I'm sure it's well over sixty at this point, if not seven. And and it's. And I mean, I, th I think that's that's the beauty of it is, and not a single disparaging comment among them. It's a great community. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things of oh, we love that you know, liked, loved, you know, all of that. Nothing bad. Well, it's yeah, a very, it's a very, it's kind of a, it's a very much a self-policing thing where it's like <clears throat> a lot of the positivity and, and the uh, mm -hmm. generosity and everything, all these good aspects of the community, um, the people that are involved in it like that and want more of it, so they're very protective of it. Mm -hmm. So when the, you know, the, you know, inevitable jack wagon comes along and right. says something stupid or trolls or whatever, like, it doesn't take them long to lose interest or get shown the door. Right. Well, there was the one about Molly Mock, uh, you know, being, you know, dying at one point and being a real risk uh -huh. of, you know, and people like, I'm glad she died. And it's like, oh, people saying that this sucks, you know, that's not nice. And it just... It policed on its own. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, and also if uh, if people couldn't if people couldn't cosplay things that were spoilers or potential potential spoiler, then people couldn't do anything. <laughs> right. Well, and and you know, I think um, I love that Critical Role D and D a group of people playing D and D and their characters has suddenly become so power so powerful, um, you know, that it's particularly. You know, I mean, hey, we just broke the internet over our over our uh, over our Kickstarter. Yeah, right. I, I mean, that's that's showing the you know that we have gotten away, and it's I, I think 
I am also a product of this new wave of democratization of fandom. Right. You know, I mean, because I have thousands of people who will buy my books. Ben Reader, author, yep. Yeah, I mean, and I had, it was kind of funny, um, just the other day, yesterday, I think, I had an interaction with somebody in a, in a, uh, in a written apocalypse, a group called The Written Apocalypse, uh, because, you know, I read zombie books, so I, I, keep, I keep my toes in those waters. So, um, I talk about uh, the, uh, the survival expo that's coming up here late, last, late next month, going, yeah, I, mean, I love this, and, uh, you know, RK shows and so on and so forth. Out of the blue, the person I'm talking to is like, oh my god, you're Ben S. Reader. You wrote the Demon's Apprentice books. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. Hello. It's, um, only my, it's, only my, it's only my Facebook background thing. <laughs> but, you know, <clears throat> I'm that guy that wrote that book you liked. You know, and, and it just... Feels good, man. It feels yeah. good. And it's, and it's you know, um, I, I talked I, I talk to my agent the other day. Um, I love saying that. <laughs> I talked to my agent the other day. I talked to my, I was talking to my agent, and uh, I also did that whole it's a uh, you know a uh, uh, the um, hipsters dream, <laughs> uh, obscure little game you probably never heard of. Anyways, um, but the fact of the matter is, is that because of fandom and the internet and such, because of the technology that we have now, virtual reality. Amazon, you know, uh, Kindle Direct, uh, you know, Kindle Direct, all of that. These things have allowed guys like me, guys like us, uh, have allowed Phil Foglio to create Girl Genius, have allowed bands like Abney Park, uh, you know, steampunk band, to get to the point where every year they go to Moscow. Because they're they have enough fans in Russia yeah. that one nightclub says, "Oh, Ebony Park this this month in June, in June, come see," and they come. Uh, you know they sell out uh, in freaking Moscow, um, and they're they're a band from Seattle. Uh, in they're also a band of uh, airship pirates. So. They are they are a band of airship pirates. Captain <laughs> Robert. Um, with his amazing hair, um, and uh, you know Lindsay Lindsay Sterling, another one of my another one of my you know uh, YouTube idols. She's amazing. Yeah. She is amazing, and she. I, I hadn't heard of her until my my wife um, showed me a video of hers, and so I followed her channel. And man, she has some yeah. really amazing stuff. Oh yeah, she does. And then and then through her, I I, I discovered <clears throat> Pentatonics. And uh, I think I think it was the other way around. Like my wife was a big fan of pentatonics, and that led to Lindsey Sterling, and then I found out about them. Right. Or her, I mean, I and say. we are yeah, and, and I think we are kind of entering into that Star Trek Star Trek generation. Only we're not. You're not going to see people going. Well, let's just do the, let's do a, a a version of HMS Pentafor. No, we're going to be making our own stuff. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and, and we're going to be we're going to be Jake Cisco. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because um, now that uh, you know you you're talking about the uh, democratization of the the fandoms and mm -hmm. people's works and everything, that kind of <clears throat> it uh, it ties into the conventions and that mm -hmm. it's a lot easier not to say that it's not extremely hard work to put together a convention and to maintain it and everything, but it's it's uh, or I, sh I guess a better way to put it is it's a lot more accomplishable, it's a lot more doable mm -hmm. to. Uh, 
you know, find a, to, to start or maintain a convention that may have the audience out there, but before you didn't really know how to, like, cast that net. Exactly. Like, now, now you can kind of, you know, you can kind of meet in the middle as far as, like, the, the fandom and the people that may, you know, mm. start a thing, start a, a convention tradition and so on. It's, yeah. it's, whereas before a lot of it was just spaghetti at the wall and, uh, like, lightning in a bottle where, you know, certain things would just kind of come together. Like, you'd be at the right spot with the right people at the right time. And then, right. you know, slowly over the course of years and decades, these things became, like, institutions or whatever. But now it's a lot easier for people to, um, it's a lot more doable for people to have these things come together and, like, build steam quicker. That snowball goes, like, game is a perfect example of that, which the acronym is Gaming Arts Media Expo, for those not in the know. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we said, it's it's a lot smaller than, like, say, a Vision Con, but it's been <clears> around. Because they've only been around for five years. It's only been around for a few years. Right. This will be and, your six. Yeah, yeah, this will be your six, and they are very focused. But it's like... Uh, there's the size, and then there's also the momentum. And yeah. I, th I feel the game has a lot of momentum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially this coming year with, with as big a get as Satine Phoenix. Well, that, and uh, then we also have, speaking of local cons, Library Con. First year, they had maybe four or 500 people. Every year since, they've had thousands of people come out. Because it's free. It's free and it's get people library. into the con, yep. into the library, and, and yeah, I mean it's just. So. I rearranged one of their bookshelves last time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's just there's so much. The to... manga was literally like it was just out of volume order. <laughs> How do you not spot literacy check? Can you count? <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's so. Reshelled half their half their section. <laughs> There's no need to find an excuse to get you there. Then it's free labor for them. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's all. That we need Neil here. Well, I mean, I, I actually went to them. It's like so. Um, so I just reshelled half your half this section. I have five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think this is also making libraries a thing again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, in spite of everything else going on, I think it truly is a, a great time to be alive. Well, that's never, uh, I don't think there's a stronger selling point on the importance or potential of conventions than to say, they can make libraries cool again. <laughs> exactly, I, I like right? that. Yeah, that is so sad. I um, love, like, I grew up in my library... Yeah. Certain, like, or should we say popular again? Cool yeah. is a very nebulous concept. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I, I've always appreciated libraries, but they just kind of, and yeah. of, of course, a lot of that too is like tech and stuff where they just kind of fell out of, and now it's more like, it's almost more, some areas it's more of just the like public computers and actual books and stuff. But well, your yeah. mileage may vary when it comes to the, well, they, library, but now, obviously. now they're renting DVDs, uh, or they're renting DVDs and, and library books through. Uh, through a specific system and a reader, um, and e-readers, and yeah. e-readers through e-readers, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah, and you have like audiobooks and stuff. You have a lot of different, right, you know. Well, and they, they're doing things there. like library con, libraries like small bookstores um, are the Darwinian fittest, right? You know, because you have the big books, the big box bookstores, which made made decisions like a corporation, and then you have these little guys who have the independence. And the speed to adapt, which is why small bookstores are making the rise, and libraries are holding library cons. Yeah. 
We're pretty much out of time, by the way. Well, yeah, I think we've kind of come to the, you know, the idea of conventions. <clears throat> well, it's a massive subject. Conventions are great. Um, so I'm sure we'll revisit these yeah. slaughters. So, yeah, you know. but you know, to, to, to make sure we cover all of the bases on conventions, if you go to a convention, shower at least on Saturday. Um, please. Yeah, no confunk, please. Yes. Uh, hands to yourselves if you want to take a picture. And wash ask, those hands. Wash those hands. <laughs> yeah. Um, Iron guard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that um, is the uh, the fist on either shoulder, arms crossed, salute for because you know people mm-hmm. can't see us right now. Right, mm-hmm. right. But you from can also packs. just Google the Iron Guard salute, I suppose. Yeah, it's yeah. from Pax because it was yeah. helped to yeah to uh, combat. Uh, yeah, the right. Penny Arcade even did a strip on it. They're like, hey, here's a tutorial. Here's how the Iron Guard works. <laughs> right. It was like a little diagram thing, you know. But it was uh, funny. yeah, it was kind of funny because when uh, when being a massage therapist, we had a somebody at Con who had been working the whole day before her arms were just about to fall off. And um, I reached over and grabbed the uh, hand sanitizer, you know, and because I'm a massage therapist and it's hands. So I was like, here, let me see your arms, <laughs> you know. And she knew because I was I was sanitizing my hands that I was about to offer to. She's like, oh. <laughs> she, <laughs> she knew you too. Yeah, she knew, she knew me. And she basically, she puts her arms out like, please. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, Okay, I was going to ask if you minded, so, but yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> if she could have pulled her arms off and thrown them at me, I think she would have. Uh, I would say the other thing, she, too, is... She uh, would have, no, she wouldn't have been able to because her arms are too tired. Right, this is It's true. impossible to, to remember every little bit of advice, but uh, if you only remember one thing, go to the website of the con. I'm sure there will be at least one page that says, hey, here's how this works, here's basic etiquette, here's what to do and what not yeah. to do. Right. Yeah. Every con will have its own rules. Because um, there's a lot of stuff that comes with like, cosplay and props and all this other stuff. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Like, uh, don't like don't carry a sharpened steel sword. Yeah, don't carry dangerous things. Unless you have it... Unless you have it... Peace bells. Nailed into the scabbard. Yeah. 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 But yeah, read each con's uh, etiquette, read, e- read each con's harassment policy. Um, and go back and listen to our etiquette episode. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> yeah. Back when plug our edit. audio quality wasn't quite as good. We, we need I really need to remaster on. those. We need to put a link to that episode with this episode. I can do that. There you go. Um, but yeah. Modern technology. Hey, if there's a con near you, go support. Bring a few bucks. Yeah, support Buy local from cons. a local merchant. Buy books, buy stuff, get your nerd on. Yep. Love yeah. what you do and support, or parents, support your kids and loving what they do. I think, too, a lot of it is just, just meeting other people in general. You know, you're going you're gonna to learn and grow and, you know, get to know people, make friends and stuff. I'm still yeah. friends with a number of people on uh, Facebook that I met at Anime St. Louis uh, because all of us were cosplaying the doctor. <laughs> yeah. And we actually got together. We, we, we put together a little bit of time, um, and we got together and did a photo shoot with one fourth doctor, one sixth doctor, two tenth doctors, three, and three eleventh doctors, as well as two masters and a TARDIS. Like a person who was cosplaying as the TARDIS. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, now, bear, bear in mind, this really important thing, if a girl is wearing a TARDIS dress, don't make any reference to it being bigger on the inside. <laughs> because you'll just have just insulted her weight. It's, uh, the, the, like, I, I try to avoid that, that, right? like, but, 
if yeah, and also be careful when you, if they come up and you can go, hello, sexy. Sometimes they dig that, but make it sure partially you, depends on the accent too. Yeah, yeah, depends hello, on the sexy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it depends on how you say it. Don't creep. Yeah. Always be holding, always be holding a sonic screwdriver. Hello, sexy. Or in my case, I've got a key. Key, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, just don't be a dick. We Rule number one: Don't be a dick. Oh, that's actually the, the that's one thing we, we that Ben and I failed to mention entirely. What's that's that? That's also the first tenant of the of the Holy Order of Knights, Knights that Ben and I both joined. Yes, Knights of the Hokum, Holy Order of the Knights of Mojo. Yep. Don't be a dick. The first tenant is don't be a dick. The second dick is be awesome. Second, yeah. The second tenant is be awesome. Third is attend to Mojo events whenever you can. Fourth is is drink responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> and last one is death before sobriety. Yeah. Mort. Uh, yeah. Mortem. Uh, hang on a second. It's on my keychain. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's hokum. It's all a bunch of hokum. Yeah, 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 pretty much a bunch of hokum. We are the holy order of the knights of mojo. H O K O M. Hokum. <laughs> oh, I guess uh, isn't hokum usually spelled with the C anyway? Though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Eh. But anyways, mortem ante sobrietati yep. is the is the, uh, <laughs> so yeah what's yeah fun, both so. both Ben and, and what's really fun is that Ben and I are legitimately at this point knights. knights um. In the Holy Order of the Knights of, of Mojo is a registered and 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 legal fraternal. fraternal and holy order of knights out of the Republic of Malta. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I'm assuming malt liquor is involved. Um, malt liquor is kind of pale, kind of tame for for the Holy uh, for Order. For the Mojo night. party, yeah, yeah. When you we're talking Mojo, this is a drink so strong that the toast to it is quick before it eats through the cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, there is there is stuff there is stuff called there's one called Rusty Bucket. It was originally made in a rusty bucket. Uh, but I was yeah. gonna say they need to get a rust. Uh, 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 they need to re-rust a bucket for uh, it. Too. Yeah, but um, yeah, basically. There is nothing fizzy in anything that they serve in a mojo party. Well, there's there's another great episode topic: uh, geeky clubs and organizations and orders and whatnot. There we, we can go. Do that. Yeah, if we don't do uh, if we don't do John Wick next time. Yeah, uh, hopefully we will because it was really good. Yeah, there's my twenty. There's there's my uh, there's my one penny. Spoiler alert! Yeah, you're spoiling. <laughs> spoiler alert! It was really good. Anyways, uh, anyways, yeah, I got to see it next week. Yeah. Um, it is time, however, for us to uh, to end. We've gone a little bit past time, so I've already done my final thoughts. It's a great time to be alive. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty good way to end it. Uh, thank you all for listening to Geek Fanthology, and we will talk to you next time. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter R and the number 78. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, and leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. We read everything. Also, please check out our Twitter and Facebook pages for links to interesting things, like our Discord, as well as semi-regular updates. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. See you, space cowboy.